Welcome to the Western Wavelength Podcast. This show introduces the innovative minds of the Western industry. We invite you to follow us on our Instagram page or go to our website at www.westernwavelength.com. Welcome to today's episode. To bring everybody up to speed, I just got a few things I need to say before we jump into the episode today. Katie has decided to step away from the project. At this time, she doesn't feel like she can put adequate hours into the podcast, and it's something that we have discussed together. So from now on, the Western Wavelength podcast is going to be a solo project. This is something, again, that her and I have talked about, and she has given me the blessing to do so. Uh, I'm still very excited and eager to continue interviewing and learning more and more about the Western industry and the different people who play roles in the world that, you know, I appreciate so much. And I, I definitely am excited to continue the project. This week, I got to interview someone I actually just recently met. Caitlin Gustav works for the Team Roping Journal. She is kind of just fresh out of college, uh, and I felt like after I met her, there was a lot of different things that she mentioned, you know, having her first job straight out of college. She's moved here to the Fort Lupton area, uh, where she's honestly, you know, spent a little bit of time, but is not, you know, this is not at all where she's from, um, and I thought that was just like a very interesting perspective that I think a lot of young people can relate to. With getting that first job, you know, whether that's in the degree that you you were seeking or not, and kind of the opportunities that come with that. One thing that we really, we discussed that I've really thought about after our interview is how doors and opportunities open. This, for me, has definitely been something that's always been something that I'm like seeking in this like journey of life that I'm experiencing. You know, when one door opens, another door closes. And I think that's so true in the Western industry. And opportunities always arise and then you choose to take said opportunities or not. I feel like Caitlin, as a young college graduate with a journalism degree, really ran with it. She put it all out there, and definitely is having an opportunity that a lot of people would really, you know, kill for. So, she's got some really cool stuff to talk about. It's so awesome to kind of meet all these people and get to know them and kind of dive deeper into their lives, especially with people that I'm I'm less familiar with. And, and I've loved talking to people who I, I know too, but just to see the different perspectives. I think that's going to be like my biggest goal is to broaden perspective for myself and just for anyone who's listening to see you know what opportunities are out there so hope you guys enjoy today's episode please feel free to again subscribe and write a review on this episode we've been getting some awesome feedback and uh i i appreciate reading it 
Alright, so today uh, we are in my new apartment. We haven't recorded in here yet. And I have a very special guest, uh, Fort Leptonite. Would you classify yourself as a Fort Leptonite? I mean, I'd say so now. Yeah. It's been a couple months. It's been a couple months. You would claim residency here? Yeah. Is it going to be a permanent establishment? I think so. Ooh, excellent. Me too. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is Caitlin Gustav, right? <laughs> yes. So I'll just let you introduce yourself. We were kind of talking before we started recording that. I don't really know that much about Caitlin. So do you like Caitlin and Katie? Like, how do, what do you like to be called? Caitlin, Kit Kat, I don't know. Okay. I had so many nicknames growing <laughs> up. <laughs> cool, cool. I just want to learn more about you today, and uh, you're welcome to talk about whatever you want to talk about. I know you work at the Team Rover Journal. A little jealous of that. <laughs> it's a pretty cool job. You get to podcast a little bit and work for the magazine, so that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, cool. So tell me about yourself. Well, I am originally from California, San Juan Capistrano. And I didn't get into the, like, Western industry, Western world until I was probably 10 years old. I didn't start riding horses till I was 8. And it went from, like, English riding to Western pleasure, showgirl, to team penning ranch sorting. And then when I was 17, I got into rodeo and roping. Um, oh, you just started roping till you were 17? Yeah. Oh, I, wow. It's yeah, I didn't start up until I was 17, and I entered my first junior rodeo probably a month after I started rodeoing, or roping. Yeah, full-on city girl. Whole family doesn't ride. No one rides. So yeah, I got into that, and then I eventually moved to Texas. I moved to Abilene with uh, Larry D. Guy. I got in with her and started roping at her house and then we got to talking and basically we thought it was stupid that I don't go to college after I graduated high school. (laughs) So I ended up moving back to California for just a semester. I went to Cuesta Community College for a semester and I didn't do too good there, but that doesn't matter. And (laughs) I moved back out to Abilene for the summer and, um, Ended up going to West Texas A&M University, and I stayed there all four years, and I recently just graduated in May, and now I'm in Fort Lupton. I don't know if that's Go a background story. Absolutely, me. that's a background story. <laughs> kind of a jumpy one. <laughs> no, I think they all, I mean, everybody's story is a little bit. <laughs> I think it's amazing that you didn't run up to your 17. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed that. If they see you now, they wouldn't guess that. <laughs> yeah, I tried luckily we got in with the right people and yeah Larry D seems like a pretty good crowd to be in with yeah luckily it all started too I entered a one of Trevor Brazil and Patrick Smith's uh roping clinics in NRS and went there we drove from California went there like days before a high school rodeo and I roped there and Trevor is actually the one that got me in with Larry D so Cool. If it wasn't for going to that school, I wouldn't be where I am today. So That's really cool. Yeah. They definitely do like a lot of different outreach programs for kids, and, and that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And it is fueling the sport right now. And I know in Chelsea's episode, we kind of talked a little bit about Larry D and kind of everything that she's done for breakaway roping in particular. And, you know, it just wouldn't be what it is without her. She's definitely like a key pillar in the existence of it and the growth of it so it's pretty cool what's happening this year 
uh, with the American Qualifier and everything. Where actually the podcast is a sponsor of one of the qualifiers coming up in Deer Trail. I should know what the date is. Plug that now, <laughs> but I don't. It's sometime in October. I think and it's the 13th. 13th <laughs> of October. And uh, Marcy Bate and Katie Jolly are putting it on um, in Deer Trail. So that's pretty exciting. And I'm definitely very excited to be a part of it. And uh, just to watch everyone continue to thrive with it and watch the sport grow for sure. Well, that's definitely something we could connect on. I think you're a pretty good proponent of breakaway roping and helping the sport continue. I roping try. like a girl. I try to. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so you kind of mentioned you jumped around a little bit in college. Like, what do you think the hardest part of college rodeoing in Texas was? Because I, I never college rodeo in Texas. Mm-hmm. I definitely considered it multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's where, you know, anybody who everybody goes, you know, should go. Yeah. And super competitive. And that region is awesome. They definitely bring out, you know, national champions every year. So what was it like down there? It was tough. I honestly went, which I think anywhere you go, there's going to be someone the best of the best anywhere you go, which I didn't feel like. I could stay in California if I wanted to get better at roping since, like I said, I did start at 17 and I did want to get better and I'm 24 now. So that's not a whole long time compared to all the other competitors that have been roping since they could walk. It was tough. I only made a few short rounds because you are down there. I will say Texas does have some of the top competitors in the world and it is really, really tough, but it made me step up my game and... I worked at it a lot because you have to and I didn't I didn't make my goal I did want to make the college finals and it was so hard and I would miss here and there and I didn't I didn't excel where I needed to but I do I think I grew from it and it definitely made me step up my game as a roper yeah and it's hard because I never met my goal either to make Mm -hmm. it there I ended up I think my last year I think I was like fourth so I was crying all right out of it. Yeah. And it's hard to get over that. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of mentioned in my episode, that's kind of been one of my biggest challenges since college has been done mm-hmm. is like I was obsessed with making whatever finals it was, whether it was like, you know, junior high finals or high school finals, little bitches finals, college finals. I think college finals was the one I was the most obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like over. You know, your eligibility is up and it's over. <laughs> and what happened? <laughs> have you felt like it's been hard to channel goals, like, since college, like, with your roping, whether that's, like, an amateur association or maybe this American qualifier deal or, you know, what what are, what are your goals now? Do you have goals, roping goals? I do. I try to go as much as I can, which it's hard. Money's tight and rodeos are far. And <laughs> yeah. As you know, and Texas was so much easier because everything, there was so much going on and every weekend there was something. There was like five amateur rodeos in one weekend and two big qualifiers for the WPRA finals and you could go all the time and now that I'm done with college, like college, I would go all the time. I'd leave at four o'clock in the morning or right after class was over on a Friday and go somewhere and now it's kind of challenging but I do I want to I want to work at my goal to be a WPRA champion breakaway or team roping header you know but it is harder up here because there's not that many qualifications up here 
and so we don't in Colorado. And it snows. It does snow, which I haven't dealt with that yet. Oh, I am waiting for that. (laughs) But it's hard just trying to get places. Yeah. And but I do have goals. I want to win the CPRA finals and Mm -hmm. make it to the WPRA with. Being able to go to the finals was something to look towards. I don't want to just yeah. go to the finals just because I can. Yeah, totally. That's awesome that you can channel that. Because I know I've talked to a bunch of my friends, and that's just kind of been like the the next challenging part is to be able to have those goals and feel like you're adequately putting effort to accomplish them mm-hmm. with, you know, having your first, you know, big kid jobs and everything. <laughs> And yeah. life, you know, life hits you after college, like, how, how real it is or whatever. You have to find and, that balance. Yeah, just, like, figuring out how to practice. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about this the other day, like, practicing is way hard when you're not in college. <laughs> like, I squandered my opportunities of getting to rope every day oh, and yeah. always having cattle or, you know, whatever it was in college. Like, I did not. It, did, it took me a little bit to figure out how awesome that was mm-hmm. i definitely took that for granted that's why i loved it it's college we roped every single day as many pens as you want of calves as many steers you want and up here i just team rope i don't yeah i go to these amateur rodeos without practicing the breakaway and then i want to get pissed off if i miss and i can't because i don't get to practice whereas these other girls that are going everywhere they have the opportunity to practice all the time yeah yeah, that's so real. That really is. So it is interesting just how expectations and goals go kind of mm-hmm. after that. Luckily, you do have a pretty cool job, though, <laughs> where you can kind of, is it like uh, part of your job to rope? I mean, I just, I want to say it is. Yeah, I think I would say, I think Chelsea would say it is. I think it definitely helps. I am on the team besides uh Nick Griggs, I am the only one that ropes on the team, which oh, Chelsea really? Chelsea started roping, so oh, I'll good. give her that. She's good. getting there. But yeah, I'm the only one that actually goes and ropes and competes, so I think it helps that I have that background. I actually know what guys are talking about, about certain things where some people might not know. Mm-hmm. Um, like the slang terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it helps out, and I love it, because what better, you get to go work with team ropers all day. And then go home and team rope yourself. I I can't complain. I yeah. love it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's super cool. What has been, since you've worked for the Team Roping Journal, so were you an intern first? Is that what last summer was? Yeah, I came up here. I actually, I met Chelsea through Larry D a few years back. And so I always had that connection with her. And like my freshman year of college, she always told me, if you need help, like just shout out to me. I'll help you out with your writing classes. So I did. I emailed her and she helped me edit a paper I had. And so I kind of always had that connection with her. And then it got time where classes got more serious and, you know, <laughs> you had to get that internship class done. And I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So my mom always taught me the worst someone can say is no. And so I reached out to Chelsea and I was like, hey, do you need an intern? Like, I need an internship. So um, I ended up contacting her and luckily she let me come up here and I moved up here for the summer and interned with her and I got to travel a little bit and just learn all the ropes. And once school came around, the internship was over Mm -hmm. and I was kind of bummed because I've always dreamed of working for what was Spindlewind Rodeo ever since I started roping. I've always dreamed of working for this company and 
I got to intern for them, so that was like a huge highlight of my life. And I was there for the whole merger from uh, Spindoin to Team Roping Journal, so that was a huge thing as an intern to be involved in that too. And then, so I went back to school and Chelsea, I came back up to visit and Chelsea offered me a part-time position. So then that's how I stayed with it. So I worked part-time throughout my last year of college and towards the end of school, uh, she and our boss, Benji, they offered me a full-time position with the company. So That's awesome though. I think that's such a testament, like obviously to you and in the Team Roping Journal, they're investing in people Mm -hmm. that they you know, see promise in and that's awesome of them. But then like uh, the Western industry is so much about who you know mm-hmm. versus what you know and they're willing to train you and, you know, mold you kind of into who they want. And so that's so cool, I think, and, and definitely something people can relate to. Like people our age who are just kind of fresh out of college, they don't really know what they want to do. But like like you said, don't ever be afraid to just ask. Yeah. If they say no, they say no. But like keep pressing because – Someone's going to say yes. And and definitely recently for me, that's been huge. Like my new opportunity has, has been because of who knew me and, mm-hmm. and, you know, recommended me for things. And and it's been awesome. And I'm taking those opportunities when they come and when they feel right. And and so that that's definitely very cool. And good for you for doing that. Like that's, <laughs> you know, it's brave to move here. You kind of spent some time here, but like mm-hmm. not you, you haven't seen snow yet. I haven't. I mean, it's I coming. don't really count Texas snow as snow. You know, that it snow stays. actually might be more terrifying than our <laughs> snow, honestly. When it's cold in Texas, it's miserable. It is pretty miserable. Yeah, it is miserable there. <laughs> but otherwise, it's really hot. It's all different <laughs> for me, though. I live yeah. next to the beach, so. <laughs> That's true. We don't have a lot of beaches here, which I wish we did. California weather's pretty nice. It is pretty nice. I, I do like it there a lot, but. <laughs> Uh, so w- since you've worked for the Team Repping Journal, what has been like the coolest thing you got to do? I did as a part-time uh, employee, I did get to leave school early in December. I took all my finals early and I got to go to Vegas for the two weeks and work because and, we have to cover the World Series and the pros and everything. So it was it was exhausting, but it was one of the best times I've had and just working all day long, being out there. I think that was probably the coolest thing I've done. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Were you there for, like, 18 days? Yeah. All day, every day. Got up at, oh, got up at probably 6, 5.30 or 6 every single morning and didn't get home till about midnight every night. The it grind. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I the grind imagine. was hard. <laughs> yeah. Are you going again this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I will cool. be there. Cool. Well, I'll be there. Danny Joe was on our second episode, and she's doing a, a cool event. I guess that's all I can say about it. Event. Secretive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more details to come in the future, but I'm gigging at that, and I know everybody who's anybody's going to obviously be in Vegas, so we'll hang out. It's always a good time over there. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, I'd like to qualify this next weekend at Repels and somehow figure out how to get my horse there and rope, but we'll see. We'll see if that's, that's, a, if that's in the cards. It could be. Are you going to the U.S. Finals? I am. When's I, that? I know that's been on the on your guys' podcast every single episode. Chelsea's like, don't forget, there's this, this, and this about the U.S. Finals. All your deadlines and entry dates. Yeah. Yeah. We. I will be there. 
I actually fly out to Texas, and I will be at the Real Horse for Charity when that oh, starts. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I'll drive up to Oklahoma City, and I'll be at the U.S. Finals for three or four days, maybe? Not exactly sure, but for at least the beginning of it, just walk around, get some pictures, get some interviews, and hang out. Yeah, cool. The Real Horse for Charity deal, I'm... I'm not very familiar with, but definitely, like, very cool. I know you guys have talked about it with, you know, some of the key players, uh, like, the Yateses and things. But it definitely, like, opens the door for more team roping. Like, I didn't really realize team roping could continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like, for lack of better words, become like a golfer sport, you know, where everybody can team rope, which is awesome. Yeah. Because that even includes me. Like, I'm one of those <laughs> people. You know, it's a, a hobby sport. <laughs> and in an amateur sport and professional sport but I definitely think like that fraternity thing will kind of do that too and make I don't know push team roping above bell racing even maybe mm-hmm. you know and like popularity I think it's fun to see the sport grow it's growing yeah. every single day totally and just like those value of horses is you know we can appreciate a nice head horse or a heel horse but kind of like really capitalize on that and like the value of those horses have have definitely increased since all that's happened for sure so that's pretty cool do you have any funny stories like travel stories like one of my favorite things on your guys's podcast is like chelsea's story about her and tori breaking down you know and that's like the ad for your guys's stuff and like (laughs) obviously that's a true story like she didn't make that up have you had any like crazy travel stories since you've been like traveling whether it's in college or like for work you travel a lot you're a professional traveler you have Uh, any good travel stories there there's one that just scares the you know what out of me which it's not scary but my friend Allie Bilkey and I we were at school and we decided to go down to the wildfire when it was still in Salado and for the all-girl roping and we left school, I don't even know what time it was, and oh, it was in the middle of the night, and I have an extra fuel tank on my truck, but like some trucks, it doesn't keep the fuel tank full, and so I have a little gauge that's in my truck that tells me how many gallons are in each tank, and I didn't think to look at it, and Allie didn't think, and we didn't stop for fuel, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's full, I filled it. We're driving, where we pass Abilene, and we're on this back road. I don't even know where it was. And all of a sudden, my truck, I look down and it says we have like 20 miles till empty. And I'm like, I look at Allie and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, look, start looking where the next gas station is. And she's like, oh my gosh, we're going to get like, we're going to dive. <laughs> Middle of the night, two girls, we don't like Texas. If legally you can have a gun or like pepper spray or a knife, we don't have anything. And also, my truck, we're driving, I'm letting it cruise, and 15 miles left till empty, and we're, like, 20 miles from the nearest gas station. And at 15 miles, going a little bit more, 15 miles, my truck shuts off. (laughs) And we skid to the side of the road, and it's pitch black. There's this creepy house next to us, and we're freaking out. Like, people are (laughs) asleep at this time. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out someone that's awake that can come help us. And so luckily I called, I got a hold of Larry D and she knew someone that was kind of close by. And so she's helping me and we're all trying to call people and 
she finally calls me after like 30 minutes and was like, hey, there's a guy coming. He's bringing you fuel. Like, <laughs> keep an eye out for him. And Allie, like if you know Allie, she's a tough chick. Like she yeah, doesn't super get tough, scared. Yeah. yeah and, and like mellow. It's so mellow. Yeah. Calmest person you yeah. know. Like, no, we're both freaking out. And we don't know if we need to get our horses out to go ride to the gas station. Like we thought we were going to die. And luckily this guy came and gave us some fuel and got us to the gas station but oh that was probably the scariest trip I think I've had and I travel by myself long ways a lot and I've never had anything like that happen. yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely I mean you learn so much about like traveling and stuff I feel like obviously I'm a little biased but <laughs> the experiences of traveling and and doing everything we do with our horses and just like has well-rounded us as individuals Mm -hmm. you know not just as girls but just in general like we can all fix something if we kind of have to you know oh yeah change a tire we can get places we travel (laughs) well you know effectively efficiently and uh but yeah all of us have stories like that i definitely in case anyone's listening there's not a fuel station in bill wyoming (laughs) because i ran out of fuel there yeah there's there's a huge hotel not a gas station. Oh, man. So, that's funny, though. That's funny. That was with Allie, too. I yeah. really like Allie a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, do you have any last words for the Western Waveling podcast? No, just thank you for having me on. And Yeah, I'm sure you'll be on more. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to do, like, a lot of interviews and different things, but I love investing in people, like, around me and like I don't know I just thought you were like a perfect person to talk about Texas a little bit so I don't know that much about Texas but I'm, I'm curious so it's fun we'll have to yeah. take a girl's trip and go down there yeah I would really like that for sure kind of see I've been to a couple places but I need to as a roper I need to invest more time to go there so yeah I need to balance my work life now <laughs> there we go. cool well thank you again and uh make sure you guys are subscribing uh any notes or anything you're welcome to put on there um and thanks for listening bye